With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Selecki, and this week our guest is Chuck Giacchetto. Moto America, the home of AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile per hour superbikes, is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. For complete information for 2021, schedule at motoamerica.com forward slash tickets. You can watch many rounds of Moto America on Fox Sports this year. All 20 Hono Superbike races air live, along with King of the Baggers and the Liquamali Junior Cup. You can also catch Supersport Racing on MAV TV. Don't miss a minute of action, practice, qualifying, races, and video on demand with Moto America Live streaming. Many ways to reach Moto America. You can go to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and also MotoAmerica.com. Racing results from the weekend. We've had a ton of racing. Uh, Moto America started their uh, series this last weekend at Road Atlanta. In the Superbike race, we had Matthew Skoltz finishing first on Saturday and finishing second on Sunday. So he had a great weekend. Jake Gagne took the win on Sunday. In the Stock 1000 class, you had Michael Gilbert winning on Saturday. And then on Sunday, Travis Wyman brings it home in the Stock 1000 class. So some great racing in that series. Make sure you watch that one in Supersport Racing. Sean Dillon Kelly goes out and does the double, wins both rounds Saturday and Sunday. He's riding strong this year. It's really gonna be a great series. Also check out Twins Cup Racing. Caleb DeCarroll wins uh, on Saturday, followed by Teague Hobbs, who won on Sunday. Caleb unfortunately crashed out of the race on Sunday. The feature event of the weekend was the Mission King of the Baggers series, and really some great racing. Came down to the wire. Tyler O'Hara goes out and wins the event this weekend over Kyle Wyman. Finishing third in King of the Baggers was uh, another Indian rider, Frankie Garcia. In Supercross racing, uh, we had the series wrap up and three championships crowned this last weekend. So in your 450 Supercross series, Cooper Webb is your 450 Supercross champion. He beat out uh, Ken Roxon by quite a bit. Ken had a bad night again and just couldn't close it out. And Eli Tomac finishes third in the series in the 250 East-West Shootout. You really had some exciting racing. Jet Lawrence on his Honda goes away with the win, followed by Colt Nichols on his star racing Yamaha, and Hunter Lawrence, Chet's brother, finishes third in that shootout race. So your 250 East final standings are Colt Nichols is your class champion. 250 West final standings, Justin Cooper brings it home and wins the championship. So congratulations to star racing and their Yamahas. They uh, dominated that 250 series this year. In GNCC racing this last weekend at the Hoosier in Crawfordsville, Indiana, XC1 racing, we had Stuart Baylor bring it home over Ben Kelly, followed by Lane Michael. So that's your podium in XC1 racing. We had flat track, American flat track at Atlanta, which took place the same weekend as Moto America. In the Super Twins, J.D. Beach finishes first, followed by Jared Vanderkoy, 
followed by third, which was Briar Bauman. In MotoGP racing from Juarez, Jack Miller, the Australian rider, finishes first on his Ducati, followed by Francesco Bagnea, followed in third by Franco Morbidelli. So your MotoGP standings as of uh, this last weekend, Francesco Bagnea takes it home. He's got first with 66 points, followed by Fabio Quartararo. The French rider is second with 64 points, two points back. Sitting at third at 16 points back, 50 points, is Maverick Vinales, the Spanish rider, is really on the gas this year. So check out MotoGP racing this summer. Going to be great, folks. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, who was the first Japanese manufacturer to win the Daytona 200 motorcycle race? What year and who was the rider? More on that after our interview with Chuck Giacchetto. Welcome back to the show, Chuck Giacchetto. He is the team manager of Westby Racing Team, and I love your bio, Chuck. I was just reading it on the website. Chuck is the glue that brings the entire team together, as well as the oil that keeps things running. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. I'm, I, I'm not, sometimes I'm the dead horse that produces. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The glue to hold the team together. So I'm glad you found that amusing because there I'm sure there's definitely some some hysterical people out there reading that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. And it's, <laughs> hey, it's still contributing, right? Even if you're the, the glue horse, you're still contributing. That's the important thing. In some very minuscule way, yes. I'm trying to. <laughs> well, you gotta be excited about finally kicking off the new season after a long winter and all that time off. And uh, I know we talked uh, uh almost a year ago, I think it was, but uh How'd it go this last weekend, man? I know you got some exciting news. Yeah, I went super this past weekend. Over the winter, we changed direction with a, a couple of different things with some uh, development in the power plant and uh, some things in the chassis. And we just kind of had a, a regroup, not a, not a reset, but a regroup and started going off in a little bit of a different direction, focusing attention on engine this past winter uh, versus electronics. And essentially what we wanted to do is get a package that our technicians and our data engineer can make work. In other words, with us building the engines, we have an opinion. Let's make a bunch of mid-range or let's make a bunch of top end or let's do it good everywhere. And everybody has this different theory. And I think we just kind of went back to, let's see what the data says. Let's see what Matt's feedback is and just give him what he wants and what we feel we need versus a bunch of little different opinions. And mostly my opinion, right? I mean, I want the thing to come off a corner like a bear, but then if Herschel has to take all the power out of it so Matt doesn't wheelie over backwards and do a burnout the whole way down the front straightaway, why would you have all that power there? So we tried focusing and, and bringing it to the top more, and we had some help from a couple of really influential guys, and they pointed us in the right direction, and 
we're there. We've arrived. I don't think we're we're exactly where we need to be, but we're in a good we're in a good spot, and we made good good solid improvements, and they're they're proven to be reliable. So I'm I'm really happy about it. And, and so much of that now. I mean, I I think back to the days gone by, Chuck, when to get that engine characteristic to change required a lot of things outside of electronics, which is how it's managed today. In other words, you are changing cams, changing compression, dealing with different carburation, and that's no longer actually in place so much as managing the engine characteristics via electronics. Is that true? It is true to a certain extent, but we definitely did. There's no doubt about that. But when you get back down to the science of a four-stroke engine and how it works and performs, you still have to make sure that you have a cam timing event that's correct. You still have to make sure that you have someone who understands cylinder head flow, who understands exhaust flow. And that's where we really lean on our partners. Yosh went back to the drawing board via this new cylinder head configuration that we've decided to use. And what they delivered us was something that was a lot better than we thought we were going to get. And that's no dig on them. Generally, with a new version pipe, you'll see a couple. And we saw more than a couple, uh, which is really good. Like just bolting the thing on, bam. And then we tuned it and saw some more. And we didn't lose anything in the mid-range or the lower end. And it all, like a bunch of it got shuffled up top into the real meat. So when Matthew can really apply it to the ground, that's where there's a lot more power now. I mean, just this past weekend, compared to the trap speeds from last year, we were a full six mile an hour up on the back straight at Road Atlanta, which is absolutely, it's just massive. I don't know that we could outrun anybody, but we could run with anybody. And that that was really good because I think it takes a lot of pressure off Matthew where he doesn't have to just be a complete maniac entering every corner to try and make up space and then worry about getting gapped. You know, I'm not going to lie. We've always had good engines, very good engines. We've had very good engine builders with us. We just had to change direction of where the power is going. And that really started to happen when the team itself started to get a handle on the electronics. So when Herschel came over, that's when the direction started changing because we had proof then of what we needed. And then he and our crew chief, Ed Sullivan, got in there and formulated this recipe. And we all talked about it and with some other people at at Yamaha and some other sponsors that we have. And, you know, we kind of had this configuration for Indy last year and it made a big difference. And then we refined it. The changes are wholesale. They're not big, laborious changes. It's just things in a different direction. You know, Sometimes when you deal with a carburetor and you're tuning it, you block the main air jet off. Sometimes you'll get the same result by opening it up. We just swap things around a little bit. There was no like magic bullet. We just changed our thinking and that came from having an education and really good data. So, and really good direction. You know, I, I mentioned Ed before and he kind of keeps everybody on track, especially me, because I'll get a wild, wild hair across my ass and want to do something really screwy and, you know, he'll have to slap me back into shape. But I think because of, of him seeing the, the long-term picture, the big picture and the goal, I think it's definitely helped where we're going and, and with what we want to achieve. So honestly, this past weekend was the best weekend of racing that I have personally had since Dane was alive. It was super joyous and the team got along really well. The team got along really well and everybody did their part and worked extra hard. When Matthew won, the team won and just a beautiful thing. I mean, it'd been, it's it'd been many, many years since I experienced that and felt it, but now we're here at the shop today and turning the bikes around and putting them back on the truck so they can sit and rest up for Virginia. I'm really glad you guys called me today because it's been quite an experience. I'm super thrilled. I mean, it's like, it's all starting to pay off now and 
I just want to enjoy it while it's here, <laughs> you know, because it could be gone tomorrow. So, And nobody could blame you, Chuck, at all. I think that's outstanding story to hear how the team came together and connected all these dots because it's, as anybody knows in racing, it's so many moving pieces that have to synchronize and get everything and going in the right direction and just getting the rider comfortable ultimately is that is that goal which makes things flow. What's cool about it is to hear your enthusiasm about the whole process, not just the, the race victory Saturday, which was outstanding, but just the whole process of going through all of that and, and achieving those goals. Well, we have a really sure foot this year. There's not much throwing something uh, against a wall. We brought a, a fellow on that's been in the had been in the paddock for a long time and kind of bowed out and, and took a couple of years off and we were able to get him get him out and is bringing a different level of intensity to the team and the work ethic is very strong. So when you're around somebody that has a strong work ethic, it makes me, for me personally it makes me want to work stronger and harder and be able to serve him faster and then that breeds itself it breeds the intensity so everybody wants to be a part of it whether it's the girls in activation or our trucky the cook everybody wants to step up and 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 be as good as that so what we have now are really good examples and we've got some really good veterans on the team and that's not to say anything negative about the people who have been with our team in the past because everybody that has been here has left something behind that's very positive but, you know, times change and, and needs change. So this is where we are with the, the evolution of the team. And I, I couldn't be happier. I wish everybody was still with us. I wish we had 50 people on the team. But right now it's it's very, very positive. And, and Matthew has an extreme amount of confidence in the guys that are working on his motorcycle. I mean, I've never never seen him as confident as he is. And he's riding well. And, of course, he's the most fit rider in the paddock period. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we're, and we're excited to see it happening before our eyes. It's just so, so exciting to see a team gel and come together and th- th- I guess say the hard work has paid off finally, right? So I know you're it's getting team, there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's doesn't happen overnight though, unfortunately. You'd like it to, but you know, everybody's anxious, I'm sure. Yeah, we're all cautiously optimistic. But again, I think we have a bunch now of people here that are mature enough. And between the people on this team now, there's been quite a few championships in super sports, super stock, super bike. And to have that experience and that maturity around you, again, helps elevate everyone. It certainly helps elevate me. You know, when you're standing arm in arm with somebody who you know has done it, seen it, and wants to show you how to do it, you know, kind of leads you to the promised land. That's what it's like a team that is just lacking a quarterback. You know, you just need to get a veteran quarterback in there and you're going to be fine. You're going to go down the field. That's kind of like what I feel. I mean, we can, I'm sure we can still get sacked and go three and out and all that other shit. But right now, it's we got a pretty good first string team, <laughs> to say the least. Well, you're talking to somebody who lives in Cleveland, Ohio, so I know all about quarterback analogies. Trust me, my man. Done that. So <laughs> I know your team has evolved this year. You've got a new rider on the program, and uh, you've you know you're you're trying to develop young talent. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So there's a fellow by the name of uh, uh, Jack Roach comes from the UK originally, but he lives up in, uh, in Canada and BC now. And I actually met him through his old team last year, uh, through Veloce racing and, uh, really good friends of our team. Those guys parted ways and, you know, Jack just kind of fit into what we were doing and what's happening to be sure is he's using our equipment and he's under our guys, but he and his dad are really running their own program. And now they're also getting some assistance from Shiloh Solopak and Chris Smith at N2 Racing, 
So he's kind of quasi teammates with Blake Davis. And the thing that's interesting is that they're both on new R3s, which in the past has has been not such a good idea in the Junior Cup because of the Kawasaki's with the 400cc displacement. But we've got some things going on, and we have some good momentum over there. We're doing some engine development. Moto America has has uh, allowed us some alterations, and we think that that program is going to take off well. That's that that program is going to be very difficult because there's nothing in reserve with those motorcycles for any motorcycle in that class. So you have to really ride it, you know, hammer and tong. No relying on horsepower intervention or anything like that. So Jack probably needs to focus a little bit more on just getting his race plan together and letting the bike come to him. I think, and, and that I'll say the same for Blake as well. We, we need to get the bikes to come to them, but it is very exciting because the bike is styled to look exactly like Matt's motorcycle. So it looks like a little super bike and Yamaha has decided to get behind this again uh, here in the United States and, and give us some added support. And it's really a nice, it's, it's, it's really quite a compliment. So we're excited about that as well. We're hoping to get those guys up on the podium. I think Jack can do it. I think Blake can do it. And um, I know Trigg would be really happy to see that bike in the, in, in the winter circle. I mean, he really loves the little bikes. He's, he comes from a, a little bike background and, um, I just think it would be quite complimentary to our to our program, and and I couldn't ask for a, a better couple of guys to be involved with than than Jack and John Roach. They're both uh, gentlemen and, and very well received. And definitely, and I, I, what's always exciting for me is developing that young talent and watching them in the next five years. What's what's Jack Roach doing? And you guys are planting the seeds and getting that going. All challenges aside, with the you know the size of the engine, I'm curious, Chuck. You're probably one of the busiest guys in the paddock any given weekend. And I know in your bio, it mentions that uh, you're also an advisor for uh, Moto America with rules and regulations. What's, uh, what does that entail for you? Maybe not in any given weekend, but uh, just in general, does that occupy a lot of your time? And what does that exactly mean? Well, to be sure, within the realm of Moto America, those guys have a habit, and I think it's a good habit, of coming to their members and their participants and their constituents and, and airing things and saying, Hey, what do you guys think about this? What do you think about that? If we went down this road, what do you think? So there's some people that I don't want to say are incredibly influential in those making of decisions, but they do lean on their competitors and they do lean on the team owners to, to figure out a more precise direction in which they want to go. That's good for everybody, not just for one person. So I wouldn't say it's it's anything like a full-time job or anything like that. It's nice to be in that loop. And most of the team owners who, who have a good presence are in that loop. I would say that you have to be really calculated and be careful of what you ask for and what you want because you might just get it. And you really you really have to think it through first. And, you know, I've been caught out a couple of times by asking for something that I thought I really needed and I didn't need. And then I really needed something else. And, you know, you can't go back to the you just can't go back to the table a bunch. You know, you got to take your food while it's hot in the future. There will likely be some kind of a, of a, of a group, maybe officially or non-officially that gets together maybe every quarter or once every couple of races and raises question about the future with the rules package and procedures and things of that nature. The really good part about that with Moto America is that they listen and I think they do their due diligence. And I think the series grows from it. And because of it every year, this year, I think is I think the fans are going to reap the benefits of it this year. 
there was an option to change things around in Superbike. And by far and long, nobody in the paddock wanted it. It was, it, it was just an idea. And now that we have it, you can see what the racing is like. And it's going to stay competitive like this for a few more years to come. And then they're going to look at it again. So I think they're listening. We're all learning together. And I think we're all going to make this thing keep growing. The show at Atlanta this weekend was, was really incredible. And it was world class. They're doing some podium celebrations that have a lot of AV, uh, audiovisual uh, effects in them now. And we also, I didn't even realize it was happening until I saw it on the live feed myself. We also had a helicopter doing overheads, which was absolutely incredible. And I was flattered to say that we were part of that broadcast to watch Matt and the rest of the guys on Yamahas and whatever other bikes they were on going through the S's from a bird's eye view. I mean, it just, it's kind of like the cherry on top, you know, MotoGP and World Superbike do that stuff. We've never really done that in this country. The whole thing is just becoming elevated. So to circle back around, yeah, I have some involvement with Moto America and so does every other team owner. So I think we're all pretty busy and we're all paying attention to what our future is and we're all enjoying it to a certain extent. Well, I like what you had to say about revisiting it every few races or every quarter because it, you know, honestly, the, the race series is in good hands, but to have the influence of the, of the participants, you guys are setting the tone for the future, which is all really great for the sport. And again, Chuck, I, every time I talk to you, I feel the enthusiasm and, the, and it really, really shows through. And I can't be more excited for you guys and the team this year. It's uh it's really sounding very positive, and we're excited to see how Matthew's going to do this year. Really look forward to this season. So uh, this is a, the time we have to wrap up. Uh, we're running out of time, but uh, I do want to take uh, a few moments. Are there any sponsors that you want to call out at this time and uh, and thank for their help? You know, first and foremost, I want to uh, thank Trey Westby for believing in us as a team. And then we can just go right down the hill from there, man. You know, Yamaha Motor Corporation, YMUS. Everybody there in Cyprus, everybody in Marietta, everybody in Kennesaw, they all know who they are. Richard Stamboli, Attack Performance, has been wonderful to us. The people at, uh, at Brake Tech, the people at Yoshimira, the people at Sharkskins, the people at Dunlop, at RK Chain, uh, at Renthal Racing Products, at Suter Industries, people at Vance & Hines, people overseas at rev to race in the UK. I'm sure I'm missing someone somewhere. Mandy Kane's at Yart. Miami Thread, MWR, NGK Spark Plugs, Alliant Batteries, of course, Superbike Unlimited, Fast Frank, and our wonderful lubricant sponsor, MotorX. I mean, we are just, we're stock full of everything, and we're loving it. You know, I cannot forget David Cork at Probolt USA. He keeps all kinds of shining titanium on our bike all the time. Got lots of bling on it. So I really appreciate you allowing us to uh, have the time to thank our sponsors. And I wish I had the time to thank him more often. And I wish I had more time for you. Thank you very, very, very much. Thanks again, Chuck. Great having you on the show. Thanks. This week's Pit Pass trivia question was, who was the first Japanese manufacturer to win the Daytona 200 motorcycle race? What year? And who was the rider? The answer is, of course, Honda in 1970 with the inevitable Dick Mann riding. Now, Dick Mann was an amazing rider, AMA Hall of Fame entry in 1998, two-time AMA Grand National Champion. And the sad news is Dick Mann did pass away on April 26th this year, so keep him in your thoughts. A great AMA racer from years gone by. Upcoming events, we've got Moto America at Virginia International Raceway in Alton, Virginia, 
May 21st through 23rd. Then we've got MotoGP Racing uh, at a Grand Prix Le Mans, Bugato Circuit Sunday, May 16th. GNCC Racing at the John Penton, Sunday Creek in Millfield, Ohio, May 22nd through May 23rd. AMA Flat Track Texas Half Mile at the Texas Motor Speedway, May 22nd. The AMA Outdoor Motocross Series begins May 29th at Pala Raceway, Fox Raceway out in California. Make sure you go check that out. Thank you again to our guests for being with us today and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you can never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop, producer Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dave, and we'll see you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.